really don't care about your business, but I really care about you, you know, and because because the people because the business is kind of just a playground where we can do really good things for you. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is building great sales teams. All right, guys, welcome back to the Building Great Sales Teens podcast. This week, I've got a special guest, Renee Zamora. His company is Sales Manager Now. He's the OG of Fractional Sales Management with 16 years experience in the game now. He's also authored Party-Time Sales Management with the intent of providing small business owners with tools to bring out the best in each sales team member. Renee, welcome to the show, brother. And it's good to be here. And I do want to make a point of this because like everyone like plagiarizes their experience, you know, like 16 years experience in the like right. I, I do. <laughs> I mean, what, what it's not it wasn't blended in with other things. Uh, you know, 16 years actually doing the same business model in 2006, my first client. I'm doing the same thing with clients today. So I love no that. change. Yeah, and I, I know what you mean too, because you know, let, let's just say before that you were a sales manager or a VP or something like that. They they throw that in there with it, you know. But it's important right. to point out that it's 16 years in fractional sales management, so that's massive. Um, yeah. I love that. I'm in my first year in consulting. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I did 12 right years, on. you know, 12 years as a sales org. I'm I still have a sales org, and then uh, now I'm getting into in, into consulting. So I'm one year in the business. So I'm excited to learn today. <laughs> you know what someone told me uh, when I first started consulting? They said, you'll know you're really a consultant when you stop looking for a job. Yeah. You know, and it took me about five years because, you know, it's easy, you know, you can just kind of start making some money, uh-huh. but is it, what you, is it your calls, what you should be doing? Then you'll know. Everyone knows. I love it. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show because of the previews I've seen about your company and and your book, I already downloaded it on Audible, so I'm looking forward to listening to that. But what I like about the content that you're putting out right now is it's very tactical. You know, there's there's plenty of sales gurus that talk about you know the sales pitch or how to sell or you know the psychology book behind the way people buy, but there's not enough I feel like people talking about, and this is where I feel like we have a niche talking about yeah. the actual sales program and okay. everything involved in that, the SOPs, the metrics, the benchmarks, you know what I mean? And so what made you kind of focus on it? What it seems like is systems over sales skills. You know, um, it's a good question. Cause I don't, I, I mean, it really, everything came so natural to me. And, um, and by the way, thanks for uh, encouraging me to, Put my bill on. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Look great. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. <laughs> anyway, um, it came so natural to me. So actually, when I wrote the book, it really kind of helped me define things. So, you know, I got to really go there. It was just uh, maybe what I saw was needed. But I think the motivator that helped me systematize things and get more process oriented was that if you're going to manage uh, being managing in 
And I've been managing virtual fractional all that whole time. So it was never local. I had, you know, I have a client here or there, it's local, but right. my whole idea was I didn't want to travel. I wanted to just so United States and Canada was the marketplace. First client was, you know, whatever, thousands of miles away. And to, in order to make my business get better or to be more profitable, I have to work with more clients, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I'm going to work with more clients, I have to be more efficient. So there was two driving forces, being efficient in how uh, in my time, but at the end of the, end of the day, people are going to keep me around if the sales teams are effective. So how do I do both? And so the processes and systems are so, I mean, setting expectations, it sounds so simple, but it's just not always done really well. But it is really simple. If you just slow down and make sure everything is very clear, then someone knows how to get from point A to what they're expected to be at point B <laughs> this amount of time with this much <laughs> you know, profit on the way. Right. And so get there. And so anyway, so that was the beginning really, how do I stay efficient so I could do more clients and how do I stay effective? So the salespeople feel supported and they know how to do their job and then go do it without me hanging around looking over their shoulder. That's yeah. That's my thing too, a hundred percent. So, you know, when I, when I put together my system, I guess you could say, so I put together these, yeah. these tenants for great sales programs, which is Kodak for short. Right. And it, and it, I didn't start with an acronym. I worked backwards. I said, okay, these are the tenants and then I'll figure out how to put yeah. it together to where it's memorable. Right. And so the, sure, sure. the, the acronym is, um, compensation, opportunity, development, operations, and culture. These are the, these are the, I'm sorry, five tenants that make. Say, say those again. Say those again. Compensation, opportunity, mm -hmm. development, operations, and culture. Those are the five tenants okay. of a great sales team. And so gotcha. when I wrote that, it took me like 45 minutes to write it because I had been executing it the past 12 years. And so I was like, how do yeah. I put this in an easy, easily digestible, you know, format for people to understand, okay, this is what I operate on. This is how I audit right. sales programs. And then. This is how we improve them based on all of the different details in those tenants, you know? And yes. so I love what you said. You started writing the book and that created the systems, but they were all in there already. You just needed to put them on paper and that yeah. created the platform, which is massive. And, and, yeah. And I'm like you, it's like, I, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to write the book to come up with the, you know, the new coolest sounding thing. Right. <laughs> I'm just like real. I just want something that works. Yes. <laughs> you know? And that's so profitable. my five, my five are belief, okay. believe in your team, expectations, accountable environment, meetings, conversations. So, you know, um, got to believe, got to be clear expectations, uh, an environment where people hold themselves accountable and the team accountable meetings that are engaging and that we learn and improve in and um, conversations that are adult conversations, you know, like, let's be real, let's be honest, be open, candid, I'm going to challenge you, or I'm going to encourage you, you know, um, and you can do the same with me. Mm -hmm. So creating that type, it's just, it's just so much more easier. To yeah, live. absolutely. I love that, you know, and especially the expectations piece. So too many sales programs come in and, you know, they're like, oh, you're gonna make six figures. You know what I mean? It's going to be great. This product sells itself. It's like the moon, the moon, yeah. the moon. And then they come in and there's like, oh, crap, I have to work hard. <laughs> I have to take these <laughs> actions in order to get the results you're talking about. 
and you don't yeah, set those expectations yeah. up front. Like, you know, we do a one-on-one, so we're mainly door-to-door, right? So we do a one-on-one after our opportunity meeting where we explain everything. Do a one-on-one, we tell them, hey, you're going to be out in the heat. You're going to get told no way more than yes. You're going to be sweating your butt mm-hmm. off, and this is going to be hard work, and you're going to have to do it six days a week in order to build a pipeline that eventually you can work less hours and maybe five days a week, you know? And so yeah. we try to scare them out of the room. <laughs> by the mm-hmm. end of that, after we've already given them the pie in the sky, we try to scare them out of the room so they know, hey, this is the work required to get it done, right? You got it. There, there was one There was one job early in my career where you know, I was making it through the um, interview process. Mm-hmm. But I always had this, <laughs> they, they had me going out with some other reps and they weren't all following the process, right? So right. it was leaving a it was leaving room in my mind that, okay, I think I got this done. I know how to do this. And, you know, I was a hard worker, cold caller. I, I, I knew I could be successful anywhere. But this company from the top, they weren't good at pushing all the way down. From the top was like, we do it this way. Mm-hmm. And so finally, I got to the final interview with, like, they, I was hanging in there. They brought the guy in from out of the state, the regional manager, whatever. boom. Okay, will you do this every day? No, I don't think so. I think I'd do it differently. Okay, thank you, sir. Shook my hand and I was out because like he, he he disqualified me that yeah. clear because they he was that clear that we do this system. This is our expectation, and if you are going to waver at all right now in this interview, <laughs> we don't need to talk any farther. Yeah. And so I appreciated it, you yeah. know, because I was going to just do that, and I probably wouldn't have been as successful as I thought I was going to be mm-hmm. uh, in my own mind. So he was uh, clear. It's very true. If you set that expectation early on, like you said, in one of your tenants, then you're going to save both parties a ton of time in the process. So that's huge. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Let's get into the book. I just ordered it on Audible. What are some of the key concepts that are going to be introduced as I'm listening to this? Well, I think, you know, we went over those five key, uh, key concepts, but even before that, the introduction, like this whole fractional model, Mm -hmm. It is based on this. So the book's written to a small business owner who wants to manage their own team. They got, you know, one to three, four salespeople, and it's right. designed to be able to teach them how to manage effectively in 10 to 20 hours um, a month. So one of the key things is going to teach you how to, like I said, manage uh, efficiently and effectively. Mm-hmm. But why, why, why even, I don't really expect a lot of business owners to buy the book and practice it also. Right. I knew that going in, mm-hmm. but it was the audience for me to write to but the big big takeaway is why fractional sales management is actually working so well in small the small businesses that take it on. And what I've just come to discover, I didn't know this up front. I just kind of came to discover. I call it a small business sales management dilemma. You're uh, so the company small businesses that are growing and they're they're good. They have a good product. They have a good service. They take care of customers. There's a market for them to grow. And they've grown organically for 10, 15 years now, but they really don't know how to scale up. They've been lucky. They've had a good salesperson, a good trust in here, so on. But they don't know really how to hire the next person in. It's all just kind of happened nicely for them. Uh, and, and so they're in this dilemma where they need a sales leader, a sales minded person like you and I to come in and say, okay, this is what needs to get done. It's not a really big deal. It's just a process. It's a system. There's thousands and millions of people out there that can work here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so they are stuck because there's not a job for a full-time sales manager. Right. And 
that full-time sales manager, when he looks at it, who's qualified like me, I tell people, I would never work full-time at any of my clients. I would get bored. They would get mad at me because they would want to give me other work that I won't want to do. Right. <laughs> and so it's a dilemma. It's kind of, they're stuck. And so this fractional has really kind of helped companies say like, oh, great. I don't need to worry about keeping this guy busy. He stays busy enough. He gets the results I want. The sales team is growing. And shoot, I'm paying less than half of what I was paying for a guy that I didn't really enjoy having around. Um, and so it's it, it works and it fixes something um, that I've just come to know that's out there. But people have to, the popcorn has to go off in the owner's mind to see that before they just give us a call. So I'm curious, and this is more, I'm guessing, a, like a retainer model to where they're paying a monthly yeah. fee for this. And, um, and then... You know, I would imagine like if the sales team grows and hits certain metrics and stuff like that, there's bonuses and stuff involved. Like it, like you would pay any sales manager, right? Um, um, you could. I chose not to, but gotcha. you could. I've done it. A couple of clients have done that. Yeah. Do, do you find yourself um, like long term? Are you grooming someone to get promoted to like a management type position? And then it's just coaching at that point? Or how does it how does it work? How does I'm not that trying to evolve? groom I'm only grooming someone if someone is aspiring for that. Okay. Because okay? not everyone should be a manager. Right. No, 100%. And, and it's easy to hire a man, a good manager. If you, again, if you have the big enough team, yeah, I've done that. I've hired the manager that replaces me because we did grow. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen as often because not every small business is trying to take over the world. They're just like that business owner just wants to have a nice, healthy business take right. care of his family, take care of their employees. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't need to grow 30% a year. Um, they just want to have peace. <laughs> um, and, and so it's, it's okay. I've been, I've been a manager at some clients for nine years, two of them, two others for eight years. Mm -hmm. um, and then some for two years, some for six months. Just depends. I love what you said. Some of them just want to have peace. And yeah. you, you know, I did an episode about comparison and about the thief of joy that is comparison. And one of the things I talked about was, you know, improving yourself every day. And that can bring you peace versus always, you know, like you said, the 30% year over year or comparing yourself to other competitors in the market, you know. Right. And then you get there, you get to that number one spot, and then all of a sudden the tro trophy's collecting dust and you don't know what it's for anymore. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> the, the, when you get older, the money doesn't matter anymore. It's more about, all right, am I improving myself am i following through with my mission my values and all that stuff and that creates the peace right, right on. and so uh i love what you, i definitely love what you said there where do you find that most business owners what are they lacking when it comes to their sales program like what do you attack first belief absolutely um at least the one the ones that find us most of the ones that find us there's one client i just got started right now man they are just like rocking they believe they give me everything I need to make the sales team great. It is so awesome. I'm loving it. Mm -hmm. The support and communication is dialed. I mean, my energy just gets picked up because like we're both just feeding off each other. Okay, let's get this comp thing done. Okay, we're improving the CRM. Okay, because we got some new people coming to hire in the U.S. that are going to start in a week. And we're making sure that we have it dialed so they can just cook, you know. So that's fun. Uh, but all right, sorry, I digress. No, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Belief, though, but 
But in many businesses, what's happened is because they haven't had that a good sales leader to show them the way that is um, scalable, repeatable, and uh, easy to, to see who shouldn't be there and who should, mm -hmm. they've developed um, negative beliefs about um, salespeople, about hiring, um, you know, do they work, do they not work, overpaid, yeah. whatever it might be. And so just they just allowed, they don't know they're, these are happening, um, but to different degrees, they their beliefs hold back the team because, as you know, I mean, you know, sales sales is kind of an emotional, you know, intentional and emotional game driven yeah. type of game. And if you sense there's just energy against you, it's it's not helping. <laughs> you know, it's not helping. And so I usually tell owners, if you you know if you have negative beliefs, then you either have to, you know change your belief or change the person, <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta get a change here. You know, right. you can't just stay with it and hope that they change, even though you believe that they'll never do it. <laughs> so. I agree a hundred percent. Like I, I had to disqualify a client one time that wanted to bring me in to work on a sales program because, you know, he referred to as salespeople as minions and they were replaceable. And yeah. it's like, well, the most successful sales programs I, I've seen have built up salespeople and created leaders in it or given them opportunity structures that allow them to sell higher-end products or a more premium service. So, like you said, everybody can't be a manager, right? So they've got to have another route to improve upon, right? Right. And I, and I was like, if you if you really believe that you're just going to have a sales position and they're, they're not going to have a future in the company – no growth pl plan, no, no opportunity structure, then, then, uh, I, I'm not for you. Cause that's what probably I spend like 50% of my time on is the opportunity structure, you know, yeah. and, and making sure that they know, Hey, there's a path here and this is what you need to do to get to it. And then once you get there, we'll develop you this way and then we'll develop you some more this way, you know, and just laying all that out. Yeah, well, I, I think that, you know, large corporations have that. They have that dialed in. It's just they have to have it because mm -hmm. they're comp competing with uh, to get the best talent in yeah. a small business. Just doesn't know they need to do that. You know, they feel, hey, we're good. We're good people or yeah. I think this or that. But they don't put the whole compensation, dial it all out. Mm -hmm. um, in parallel to what you're saying as far as a path, another takeaway from the book is that, um I'd like my clients to have some form of a business plan. And if they don't, I'll help them create one. I'm a one-page business plan consultant. I've uh, implemented EOS for clients. So that's just my oh, gig. Not all yes. my consultants do that. But um, so I want them to have a direction. So you and I as going out to hire someone can say, hey, look, we're going somewhere. Yeah. You want to join? You want to come on board? <laughs> and it's like, it's so, it's so, you could attract better people so easily. So it's a simple thing. And so, uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I love that. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm a big, set. I'm a big EOS fan. Love Gina Whitman. Okay. Um, yeah. I use uh, a software called 90.io that licenses yeah. EOS, and uh, I love that software because it's so simple. And like the, you know, the construction business owners understand it. They're like, it's, you know, I just follow this plan. The, yeah. their, their favorite thing, you know, when their eyes get super big, is when you show them the hierarchy. And then, and then they're like, wait, it doesn't all have to stay in my head. It can be out here. And then I can put responsibilities, and they're responsible for that metric based on their responsibility. I mean, it's just Back like, to expect expectations again. Who's doing what? And who's accountable for what? 100%. Yeah. And I, I love the clarity of it all. 
you know, that's probably one of the things that I'm going to add to my tool belt is I want to become an EOS implementer. You know, mm-hmm. I know that's very expensive to do. It's like six figures investment total, but yeah. um, I think that's a nice value add for clients, you know, to be able to do that. So that's probably something that I'm going to look into. I was, I, I got in as a rogue agent before they went franchise. So, nice. I mean, I'm not really, I'm not really in, I right. have two clients that I started way back then that just keep me rolling, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, sorry, someone's going to have to handcuff me. I'm done taking care of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you know, and you, you're so right. It happens. They, they hire you for the, the sales team, but you're right. You know, the vision isn't there yet for whatever reason. And so you got to help them build that, you know, and what do we yeah. know about EOS visionary integrator and who always ends up hiring us probably the visionary and then, you know, we become their sales integrator, you know, is what kind yes, of happens. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So a big hot topic in sales, sales management, sales teams right now is recruiting. And there's two pieces yes. to this, right? There's recruiting for volume, which I'm used to. I have a lot of experience in. And so, okay. you know, joint opportunity meetings, um, you know, five to 10 people in the opportunity meeting and then doing one-on-ones after to disqualify them if, if that's the case. Really good onboarding systems, really good initial training systems, understanding the conversion rates of like each manager that's doing an opportunity meeting. There's a volume play. And then there's the hiring quality, right? Which is, you know, a, a lot of people are utilizing like why is hire, um, and they're putting in questionnaires and then disc profiles and checking those disc profiles against the rest of the team to yeah. understand, okay, this is a top performer disc profile and they match. Let's focus on this guy. And so where are you kind of at in that right now? Or just what is your recruiting advice to any you know business owner that's trying to recruit right now? Well, I have my own system. Okay. And I've, I've, just, I've just documented it down it's again it's to me it's just logical and it okay. makes sense but but there's also some sales psychology in it because uh, i was realizing i'm going like okay i see what i'm doing here it's that same thing it's like yeah. what, what do i do okay oh that's why i'm doing it yeah and then <laughs> and now so, now i have a way to explain it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so everything starts with what you said earlier okay get the comp get the job description get that all okay gotta have that defined right. and the other thing you want to define is like an eos talks about your core values or you know what's your company all about what's your opportunity here who are you mm-hmm. you know so so that those are some the key elements that need to be before you can put your ad in and yeah. so and i'm just doing advertising if it's linkedin if it's indeed right. whatever the recruiter whatever the client likes to use i'm cool with that yeah um and so you need those pieces to create your advertising, right? And it's even better if you already have your, uh, so the bonus is you've already been working with the client and your, um, the structure and process is good. Mm-hmm. It's like what I mentioned earlier about this new client that I'm having a jazz, you know, jazz time about, I know the culture is solid and now we're just trying to get the final details out. So when those people start, they feel like, all right, hey, these guys got their stuff together. Yes, let's yeah. get rocking, you know? And so, um, so you got those main pieces. You build your ad to do what you said. Be um, ex- touch on the opportunity. Little little advertisement. Hey, this is who we are, but don't oversell it. This is just who we are. Because right. all we want to do is find people that want that. We don't want to attract every. We're not trying to attract the. I'm looking for people who want to work at the company first, mm-hmm. and that can sell. 
I'm not looking for the hot salesperson that'll just join any company because there's a right. commission. Right. Okay. Okay. So track. Um, but then here's the thing. After you get that attraction down, you get all the, uh, whatever you put in your job description there. Don't let them apply there. Send them to your website. Job description there again. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the job description, survey. They go into a 10 or 15 questionnaire survey that I uh, tailor to each job that helps me understand their thing. They're already, they're already in an interview. And some of them just choose not to go there and fine, don't need you. That's a you're not gonna work, you're not gonna work this hard. You're out. Yeah. And but I want to see how they write. I want to see how they communicate. Do they short answer? Do they are they elaborate? Are they trying to share with me or not? Because that's how it's gonna be with their clients. Mm-hmm. And uh then okay, here's this, here's this other little magic piece that uh I thought was oh, this is cool. I always ask people, you know, uh ask what questions do you have? And so they'll you know, some don't do any, and some will ask me a few questions. And I like seeing what, so again, what type of questions do they ask? Um, but I always promise them once they upload their resume and cover letter, boom, that I will, res- I get like an automatic response that says, I'll be responding to your questions in 24 hours. If you're going to be included in the interview, you'll hear from uh, face-to-face, you'll hear from me in seven days. So I've set those clear expectations. And then I, no matter what their resume looks like, I answer anyone who asked the question gets an answer. And what this is what I realized. First off, it's just a commitment you, you made. You got to keep it. Right. So, uh, and two is the person who it, I'm eventually going to hire. I'm already starting the relational conversation with them. You know, mm-hmm. they've communicated to me. They asked some questions of me. I responded to them. No hooks. No, uh, just right. boom, just that. Nothing else. They know that they'll hear from me within seven days or, or sooner. And and I'm, if they want to, some of them respond, start a dialogue some way. Um, but it's just, that's what I just noticed. It is, uh, it's being ethical and it's initiating your conversation with the, your future hire that mm-hmm. starts, it's already started without you even meeting them. And then I think a, a great point of that is the follow through. So right away, you're, you're keeping to your word. You're doing what you say you're going to do. Yeah. And I think that gives them some security right away before they're even hired. You know, because right. when people are looking for a position, they're looking for security. You yes. Know? And so the, the first form of security is in the compensation. But then the second form is in the management that's going to take care of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, right. you know, sales doesn't always think that way. We're, you know, we tend to be rogue and like, oh, we'll do everything ourselves and figure it all out. But then when we get taken care of, it's like, oh, hey, that's nice, you know? <laughs> so Yeah, 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 exactly. So you got it. So anyway, so that's that's what I try to do. Not not everyone follows it, but when we do, it just works. 100%. I like that. And so fractional sales management, sales manager now, um, you know, what we see out in the marketplace right now, there's, there's business coaches, you know what I mean, that are general business coaches and Maybe mm-hmm. they touch on, you know, sales programs, stuff like that, but they're not specialists, right? There's consultants, yeah. you know, which is what I, I consider myself a consultant, right? So yeah. in sure. my opinion, the coaches coach the individual client to make them better. And then mm-hmm. that subsequently makes their business better. The right. consultants are responsible for a certain piece of the business or the business as a whole, right? Yes, right. And then uh, there's like online libraries, you know. Um, you know, Cardone has Cardone University, you know, um, there's door to door university, there's all these online libraries that you kind of plug and play. So 
I guess, what was your thinking behind the fractional sales management versus these all these other avenues you could have gone with? I missed being part of a team and I missed winning as a team. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a team guy mm-hmm. and I'm a leader. And so I, I wanted to lead a team, not just, and, I, and the only way to get the real hit out of leading a team is to be on the hook, <laughs> to be accountable for it. You know, we're all in this together, you know? And, uh, and so uh, I took managed, again, it wasn't called fractional back then. It was just right. called Renee, yeah. sales manager. That makes sense. And, uh, and I was just being a sales manager in a part-time capacity. And, but I was everyone, I call everyone we, it's never like you guys, you need, from like the first interview, I'm already saying we, okay, so what we need to do is this. It's just, that's how I am, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I just want to be part of it all. And um, yeah, I tell people, it's like, the good part about me is I, or the thing that works for me is I really care about you. The thing that makes me struggle at night is I really care about you, you know, and uh, because it's, if it's not working or I don't feel like I'm getting enough done, then, you know, that's just on me. I can manage it, but uh-huh. that's just my personality. I love it. So when, you know, the fifth tenant of Kodak is culture and okay. I, and I believe that's the most important part, but here's the thing. If the other four parts are on point, the culture is going to happen naturally. What are, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you, institute in a sales program in terms of culture to improve it? Well, we're just going back to, um, okay. I mean, okay. Expectation. Okay. The belief and expectations are right there. Right. So they need to be in line there. I said about meetings, how to institute the, the, the communication. You could say, be honest, be open, but you know, you have to prove it uh, as a sales uh, sales leader. You know, if the pipeline is low, I want to know that it's low. I don't want to, and I, I don't want you to, I don't want to scare you when you say like, I'm empty. Right. Because <laughs> then you won't tell me it's empty. You're going to tell me, yeah, I got these five that I'm nurturing. It'll mm. never close. Yeah. I don't want that. So, so it's that in the meetings, it's showing that you, um, you're not babying anybody, but you're not overreacting. It just, things are what they are. Mm-hmm. Someone's either getting the job done, they're not getting the job done. Right. It doesn't have to be dramatic and you don't have to make someone do anything. It's just like, all right, so your pipeline sucks. All right, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. How do we tactically <laughs> solve this problem instead of, you know, the berating and the, you know, go do yeah. this type management style, yeah. which honestly comes from a lot of the top salespeople because in their head, you should be able to do what they do. You know, so when you promote that top salesperson as a manager, yeah, they're great at going out in the field and leading by example. But what they can't understand is how to diagnose a salesperson's uh, issues or right. their their the walls that they need to break through, or yeah. or their you know emotional psychological like walls that they built for themselves. You know, a lot of people just don't believe that they deserve a six figure income. You know, mm-hmm. so they self-sabotage on the way there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a lot of sales managers don't don't identify that, you know. Yeah, it, it takes a little maturity over time, you know, for all of us. And um, the so that's one, just the openness uh, is there. And then the um, learning as a team. So creating a team environment. Yes, these guys are all individuals. They're, they're paid individually, but we can learn from each other and we don't have to, we can ha- have healthy competition, not unhealthy. So every meeting we start, what's what's going right? 
And I, not just what did you sell? What did you do right last week that you're feel good about, mm-hmm. you know, like this week, uh, man, I stayed up till like 1245 <laughs> one day wrapping up this thing. Like I started back at 10 o'clock at night to 1245. And I'm not trying to say that you should work late every night. What I'm trying to say is I muscled through something because I really, if I got it done, it was going to help the next person I handed it to down the line mm-hmm. to get the next step done. And we're going to keep things rolling in the next day. Like I was off for a few hours in the middle of the day because like I did that. But so, you know, I was, yeah. that was what went right for me last week. So what went right for you sales guy? And when they, we start sharing that and they start getting it, me as a manager is facilitating the conversation. All right. So what did you do right about that? What was, so what was different? Oh, good job. Okay. Anyone else? And then sometimes, uh, a lot of times the other reps will, so tell me about that. You know, how did you get in to see that client or? How did you get that referral? I was, yeah. I'm trying to get one of those. And so they start learning from each other. The salespeople have more of a floor in a meeting than I have. I'm not teaching. They're learning. Okay. I'm facilitating learning, especially as a fractional. I don't know about their industry as much. Right. So they are the experts in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know about conversations. I know about process. I know about discipline. And so I stay in my lane. And together we all get stronger. So that helps the culture because people are engaged in the, they cannot show up to a sales meeting. If they have a client that needs to meet them or a customer that needs to meet them there, they can book over that. And I won't give them any grief. If they do it like three out of four times a month, then I know that they don't like the meetings and then we'll have a conversation, but it rarely happens. I love it. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, being able to, connect with them that way by facilitating versus preaching. You know, it, it happens all the time and every, you know, no sales manager is immune to it. They, they stand up in front of the room. This is physical meetings, right? And they yeah. preach for 45 yeah. minutes. Right. And it's like, yeah, I could do that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it doesn't, it doesn't get the juices flowing. And these guys, you know, I'm a big role play guy and we okay. have fun with our role plays. Like whenever nice. you're the customer, it's not just like your normal average customer. It's like this whole character. You know okay. what I mean? And so, All because right. most of my guys are, you know, they're open to it because they're 20 years old up, up to like 28, you know, and then typically the managers are a little older, but that's the culture, right? And mm-hmm. so we have a lot of fun with it, but it gets them, one, you know, sales is just like singing. You got to warm up, you know what I mean? And so yeah. we role play every day to, to kind of create that. And that's where the... Like, the fun culture starts, you know, and when you're in door to door and it's an entry level sales position, you know, you got to have a little fun. You know? Absolutely. Else, I yeah. started, I started out door to door. Like, yeah, I remember those, those times. Yes. We mm-hmm. practiced our pitch, man. That's how I was carrying a box in a uh, hand truck <laughs> into buildings, selling stuff. That's how I started my sales nice. career. <laughs> I love it. Um, hey, so have you ever played, you ever heard of a game? Um, have you played baseball? Yes. Are you? Yeah. Okay. You know what pepper is when someone just kind of been, took... it's been six or seven years since I played baseball. So I, I don't remember. All right. Okay. Yeah. So pepper is like, so there's one guy with the bat and there's like four or five guys with the gloves and one ball. And uh-huh. so they just toss to the batter and the batter's just boom, boom, peppering the ball back to the fielders. And it's there. It's to help them practice the reaction. It's something that they really hard, but kind of sharp, like boom. All right. Toss. Boom. Who's yeah. he going to go to? Yeah. Catch. So I do that. I came up with this idea for sales teams where we will play pepper. So one person's the salesperson 
and the rest of the team is the customers and we pepper questions at them. And the idea is that just just respond, no coaching. So it's one after the other. Question, boom, response. Okay, next, question, response, question, response, question, response. And then afterwards, uh, you say, all right, any, any, any tips, ideas? How'd you feel, how you did? Mm-hmm. Would you, well, you might've tried this on this one, then you guys can self-coach. But the idea is just practice. No, I, lo- I love that. We have, we have one called Firing Squad and it's the same, same principle. <laughs> Here um, you go. Every, you know, and everybody, so we round them up in a circle and put one in the middle and they go around uh-huh. to each person. Each person has an objection and they overcome the Perfect. objection and boom, boom. Boom. And then the manager is supposed to be listening and taking a note if he has coaching for him. So uh, I think a lot of the mistake that people make during role play or during meetings is they try to stop them in the moment and coach them right there. And then they say two more sentences and they stop them. It's like, I always tell them, let them get through the whole thing because that's the whole thing. Reps. They can't get the reps if you keep stopping them. Right. So get, let them get a full rep and then coach them afterwards. And then they, you know, the next day they get another rep or, Right after that, they get another rep, whatever the case is. And so I think that's real important. We we have one called um, Pitch Battle. So we pitch line, okay. we line everybody it? up. Okay. It's one-on-one, but they're all next to each other in a, in a, in a straight line. And um, one side is the customer. One side is the the, uh, the salesperson. So the sales the salespeople start pitching or whatever, and the, and the customers are, are role-playing. And yeah. then we let them get into, you know, maybe like, 30, 45, maybe even 60 seconds into it, and then we all switch. The customer becomes the salesperson, the salesperson becomes a customer, and they can't skip a beat in the presentation. Okay. So they have the go. same content, the same cust they have to be they have to become the same customer that oh, they were just pitching. Oh, just take over, take yeah. over the conversation. They take oh, that's o- fun. Yeah. And so okay. it, it teaches them to listen while they're pitching. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And that way they yeah. don't forget who the customer was. Right. And so and then we you know, at the end we all close and they close. And so we'll, and there's been times we switched it 10 times in one pitch, you know. And, but by the end of it, everybody's smiling, everybody's laughing, yeah. everybody's warmed up. It's always, I mean? it's well, it, if you do this regularly like you're doing it, then I, the guys will have fun. But in general, isn't isn't the normal feeling as soon as you say you're going to do the exercise? Uh, no. And then everyone loves it. Yeah. And then everybody's <laughs> happy at the end. You know, we do all kinds of stuff. It's like we have the ball, uh, the ball game. We got two tennis balls. And they toss them around until there's two people left, and they're whoever drops it first loses or whatever. Biggest yeah. fan, you know, we play the uh, uh, rock paper scissors, right? Okay. And then and so it's it's one on one, and then whoever wins goes finds another winner. But everybody yeah. that lost becomes that person's biggest fan. Yeah. So they're, they're cheering them on, rooting them on. It's just <laughs> it's cheesy sales stuff, but it's so much fun. I mean, you know but I mean? you know what that says? It's the uh, it's the core thing of, uh, I mean, in, if you're you're in a repetitive um, script, uh, that, that particular team you have there, so they need to stick with that, you know, but yeah. in sales of the energy, you know, we need energy, we need drive. Uh, and some are, um, even if you, you're not as, it's not as quickly tactical and numbers game, you're more strategic, and you got to do research and this is that. I mean, there's still drive to do the research. It's not right. as fun as talking to customers. You know, it takes time to get the referral introduction, but you, you might have to talk to three people to get to the one person who really knows them who will introduce you. Mm-hmm. To me, I, uh, I, the people I'm working with now, I'm cold calling. I was really good at 
And what I'm realizing is that not everyone is as good at it, you know, right. to figure out that whole prospecting thing. Yeah. So learning how to find introductions is where I put more energy on. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy either, but it's a really good path if you get good at it. But it's like what you're preaching there, practice, practice. If you don't pick up the phone or send an email or try to get an introduction or have conversations every day, you'll never get good at it. You'll just be lucky like everyone yeah. else. Every once in a while, you get an intro. Yeah, and if you create that energy before you have to pick up that first phone or knock on that first door or, you know, get past that first ge- gatekeeper, it makes it so much easier. <laughs> this, you know? this was my, when I first started my consult, my training business, this is what I was doing. Okay. Before I make a call. Okay. Hi. Hey, yeah, this is Renee. Uh, <laughs> do you have a minute? I can't remember what my script was, but like I was, I, I would say it once, twice. Okay. I got it. All right. Boom. I mean, yeah, just what you're saying, man. Yeah. Practice, get in the rhythm, go for it. I love it. So sales manager now, I guess, what is the, what does the future look like for you guys? Because I know it looks bright. It's, say, it's always looked bright for me, though. <laughs> don't you have um, you have people uh, on your team now, right? I have three other consultants. Okay. They all have clients. Uh, I have a fourth one coming on. Uh, got my got, oh, clients have always found us, so I've never had to go find clients. They've come yeah. through uh, organic or referrals, so very blessed that way. And it's actually, you know, it works out really good for qualifying people too. And so, anyways, working on but improving my SEO more. I'm just gonna that's okay. my gig. We're, we are going to get this nailed down so good that I'm just going to be attracting, you know, at least one new prospect every week, and I could see us having ten or twenty consultants. I've always said that, mm-hmm. but now it's happening. Yeah. No, <laughs> so I just think I think the marketplace is finally ripening up. The awareness of fractional is helping it. People are, I'm actually getting prospects now who are saying like, a friend of ours said they have a fractional. I did some research, looked at a few companies. You guys seemed comfortable to talk to. So I'm coming to you. So people are shopping now. That wasn't the case before. They just kind of stumbled around across us right like this exists you know? yeah <laughs> no that's that's massive i think i think especially after all that money was introduced into the economy the last couple of years um people are looking for places to put it in development in general right yeah and so coaching's gotten big and you know we're about to go through um you know a tough economic time again but the roi that everybody's put it into development and coaching and masterminds and uh fractional services like i have a fractional cfo you know Mm -hmm. um that is paying dividends now and the ones that have put the money into that are going to get through it just fine you know and i think home services is getting bigger and bigger you know and in typically in the home service industry you don't see a lot of strong sales owners you know i'm saying they come from the business they're an electrician they were um you know, all these different trades and stuff like that. And so they kind of said, Hey, I'm going to do my own thing. And then they built out this amazing service. And like you said, it grew organically. And then they realized, okay, I'm hitting the ceiling. You know what I mean? Now I need a sales because I, I can't keep answering the sales phone. You know, right, I got to run right. the business, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I think uh, I would agree that the future is, is bright for you guys. A hundred percent. So speaking of the future, one of the questions I always like to ask, and it kind of rounds out, you know, I feel like it rounds out the the podcast in general. It's not all just mm-hmm. about building great sales teams, because in order to build great sales teams, you've got to become a great leader. In order to be a great leader, you've got to want to leave a great legacy. So, 
what does legacy mean to you and what legacy are you going to leave behind? Well, uh, sales manager now is, I guess, part of my legacy, mm -hmm. but from a, a memory, I think memory more than legacy is important to me that uh, people said Renee was real. You know, I knew who he was, authentic. And so it's more personal to me. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I don't know, I'm afraid to tell my business owners this, but I, some of them I tell, it's like, you know, I really don't care about your business, but I really care about you, you know, because the people, because the business is kind of just a playground where we can do really good things for you. I never try to hook up any deals where we get, you know, I, I help value growing companies, but I don't ever try to get equity or anything is like, Hey man, this is their dream. You know, I'm yeah. just part of helping them get their dream. I got my dream. I'm building on mine, but this is theirs. And so I just want people to know that I cared authentic, but sales manager now is a legacy for me. And I've, um, regard, uh, I want it to last for, for as long as it will last, not my lifetime. I want to last beyond my lifetime. And, um, so I'm constantly working to build it that way in whatever part I have in it, as it goes there, we'll see. I love that. And so, you know, the, the two main things I heard in there was, you know, you have a value of caring for others. It's important to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's what we find is it's the values that last the test of time, right? We would like for our sales manager now to be multi-generational and become, sure. you know what I mean? But you, like it's like you said, the first piece of your answer was the most important is that you care for others. And if yeah. your family or the people that work for you, emulate that and do that that's that's uh not magnetic what's the word contagious contagious <laughs> yeah. and that's what we yeah. all want to be is contagious with the values that are important to us so mm -hmm. renee yeah, this has been awesome i love the conversation that we've had today i think a lot of people can benefit from it and benefit from your company where's the best place for them to reach out to you at well if i always say if you're thinking you need a sales manager now just type it in salesmanagernow.com. <laughs> My <laughs> man. We, we will be number one. <laughs> I love that. Just go there and you can uh, read up all you want. You can watch a, there's like an intro video to help you understand are, are you the right kind of fit for this mm -hmm. type of service? And then there's another video called process video that will go over how do we, uh, what do we do in those first three months? Okay. I go over about 18 minutes just showing everyone this is mm -hmm. what happens the first three months to help you get to help us get going and then if you want a meeting you just book a meeting with us and we'll have a conversation and that's all sounds like okay. a solid sales process yeah it is <laughs> it Funny is how that works. it's a solid sales <laughs> process <laughs> don't tell them that You're just looking, looking into it right <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome all right guys uh Thank you again for coming on the show. It's been an honor talking hey. to you. I'm looking forward to getting into your book and uh, let's get building. Hey, sounds good. If you have any questions after you're reading in there, just shout out, man. I'm always there for you. I appreciate you. Take care. Thank you for tuning into this episode of building great sales teams. Be sure to execute on what you just heard and let's get building. As always, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts. 
You can also head on over to buildinggreatsalesteams.com and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast. See you next time.